Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye. West. Oh, yes. My name is Chris Lambert. <laughs> My name is Travis Bean, and ooh, I am rearing ready to go. Not just because there's someone else in the White House now, but also because <laughs> we're talking about our future president's third album, Graduation. <laughs> That's right, which is, uh, I don't know, pretty refreshing. Like, the first time we did... Uh, our run through Kanye's discography at the end of college dropout, we started going every first track, every second track, every third track through the rest of the discography. Right. So first track of late registration, first track of graduation, <laughs> first track, which of was a great plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was nice for the variety, right. Yeah. In terms of like, Oh, now we get to talk about this album and you know, compare it to this album just a little faster going back through the second time and doing each album it does feel really exciting to be starting a new album (laughs) yeah because i mean as much as we sit around and think about and talk about and write about kanye west like our perspective like we only have so much perspective like you and i like analyze narratives for a living like we studied movies forever like we're looking at his albums that way but as we kind of expand and talk to more Kanye fans and learn more about him, like these albums always open themselves up more and more and more. Like we just covered late registration again. And I understand that album in a way I thought I never would. Like that album is completely different to me now and so much more complex than I ever thought. And and here we go. We're heading into graduation. Like I think I know it front to back and I know I'm going to learn a ton along the way now. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that same thing. Uh, especially after yesterday when we recorded the wrap-up of Late Registration, right? And we're looking back over the album and our highlights of the album and what we took away and thinking about graduation. And I've been having that sense of like, I don't know if there's anything that's going to surprise me Mm. while also having that (laughs) underlying sense of like, you fool. But (laughs) I, looking back on the first time through graduation, Uh, The big thing that I think, to me, the biggest thing that we kind of realized was that the uh, sample that Kanye uses on Homecoming, uh, or the interpolation that Kanye has on Homecoming at the very end, that is the twist on Commons, I used to love her, 
mm-hmm. where in that song, Common talks about this girl that he grew up with and the relationship that they had, like the friendship. And then high school, how she kind of starts to change. And then she goes off after high school and changes even more and eventually ends up in Los Angeles. And uh, she's less innocent of a person and uh, becomes a little bit more worn and torn, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then Common at the end reveals that this girl he's been talking about is hip hop. And it's just kind of going over, you understand his relationship with hip hop, but also the history of hip hop as it's become this more commercial entity and what that's done to the genre or like putting that at least in Common's perspective, what's Mm -hmm. happened to the genre or art form. Um, So we had always known that that was happening on Homecoming, that Kanye was interpolating that. But our big breakthrough was that graduation as a whole was using that same structure except kanye is hip-hop in this case he's the her and it's chicago that's watching him grow up go out into the world and change and it's really bittersweet (laughs) right um understanding that story and that narrative i don't know what more like, I, I think that's a pretty huge defining breakthrough. So I'm just like, I don't know if we're going <laughs> to f- discover anything that's bigger than that. But I do know it took us a while to start to put together that there was something like that going on. Mm-hmm. So the first time through, I don't think it was till I wonder that we started to really figure out what the narrative was or a little bit more insight into the narrative and the relationship with Chicago. So... It will be nice to go over Good Morning Champions Stronger right. with everything we know about the album. Yeah, I think that's really where the key difference is going to be is even though like everything you said, like, yes, that makes sense. And I understand the album structure. I do mostly still think of Graduation broadly like that. Like, I kind of broadly understand what graduation is doing. Like, you start with somebody living at home and being a champion and and recognizing his role as a leader in the community. And then, inevitably, celebrity takes you away from home as you go out to the world and become a superstar. And you see him, you know, succumb to, like, the all the vices that are presented to a celebrity, the girls, the booze, the blah, 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 all that. And then, like, he talks about how hollow it is and then you know he tries to go back home at the end and he's rejected like okay yes i that is the general structure of graduation but the first time we went through this album there were so many things we weren't doing like looking at samples and songs like we were very much a lyrical analysis of kanye west like to a t (laughs) like we were just looking at the lyrics we weren't really recognizing how kanye uses samples to comment on the narrative and how that expands what he's saying in the lyrics and we weren't really looking at his production skills and how like the tone of a song always dictates like where his character is at in the journey i i think this album is going to open itself up so much more like late registration did like um like we had no idea when we the first time we went through late registration we didn't recognize the all the talk about monolithic thought that's going on in the skits like something as simple as that like really brought the album to life and added another layer to it and i'm expecting those same kind of things to happen this time around for graduation well travis there's no skits 
<laughs> I was about to say thank God, but I do love those skits in late registration. Yeah, and Jimmy does crack me up. Jimmy's great, and Jimmy Jr. Yeah, oh, poor Jimmy Jr. He had it rough. <laughs> he had it rough. Yeah, there's uh, the samples I'm really curious about because I feel like it wasn't... Were we even doing sample stuff by, like, Drunken Hot Girls? It took us a while. Like, mm. I think we would always, like we'd be aware of the samples but we weren't um incorporating them into our analysis very well analysis very well yeah that took a little bit like part of me wonders if it wasn't until 2018 that we started doing that i wouldn't be surprised a a little bit more thoroughly huh uh and then a big component if you've followed the show for a while you know that we have a, a general theory that each Kanye album is representative of that period in his life between albums leading up to it. So in College Dropout, Kanye was just getting into the music industry as a producer and trying to sign his record deal, and that's exactly what the album deals with. Late registration, Kanye had had the success of the College Dropouts and was dealing with this newfound fame. And that's exactly what late registration looks at is just Kanye in this post-college dropout period uh, for the year and a half leading up to late registration. It was two years between late registration and graduation, which graduation came out, was it September? 2007? Yeah. I was trying to think of the exact... It was, it was in get, September 11th. Oh, I think yeah, it September was. September 11th, 2007. Yeah. Um, so you had that, which, you know, late registration had been August of 2005. So for two years, Kanye had really been basking in the post-late registration success. And he had had some huge songs. Like, despite how popular All Falls Down and Slow Jams and Jesus Walks were, like Gold Digger and Touch the Sky were kind of on another level right. when it came to how people were listening to Kanye, responding to Kanye, and not to mention Stronger had dropped earlier in 2007, Ooh. right? It was already kind of a, a huge hit. I feel like so Stronger was like an international hit. Like that seemed even bigger somehow. Yeah, it was, it was a huge deal, right? Like especially with the Daft Punk appeal right. to it and how big Daft Punk was internationally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so the release date for Stronger was July 31st, 2007. And we know that Kanye works on, like, albums and stuff. Uh, maybe Graduation, the making of it, was a little different in terms of how far along in the process he was by the time Stronger released, but you just can feel the energy that Kanye had. And he had been going on tour with, uh, uh, who are those Irish fellas? <laughs> you too. Yeah. You too. <laughs> <laughs> and really took a lot of inspiration from you two. Yeah. And their stadium sound and how people responded in those stadium tours. And Kanye started having this vision of, okay, it's not just hip hop, it's rock and roll and merging that sense of lifestyle and that sense of grandiosity that's not just in the flexing of what you have, 
but just in the entirety of your being and behavior and mm. uh, rock star living. It's just all of that seems to have translated to graduation. And with Kanye being definitely in that space, the album explores that sense of grandiosity and superstardom that he was enjoying. But typical of Kanye, there's a self-reflection there. It's not just like, look at what I am enjoying now. It's look at what I am enjoying and what the cost of it is. Yes. And I think if there's a universal aspect or kind of a, a thesis to Kanye's discography, it's the cost of success. Totally. And every album kind of is constantly looking at the cost of each thing. I mean, even looking at like something like Jesus is King, where you have him turning to religion and what is the cost of that when you think of hands-on uh, yeah. or you think about uh, Pusha T and No Malice and kind of talking about their emotions on Use This Gospel and what those behaviors and lifestyles have cost them in the past. So Kanye really does focus on... Uh, two sides of the coin in all of these situations. Yeah. And, and, and one big reason I'm really excited to talk about graduation in this format is because like you said before, we used to go like hop from album to album to album. Like this time through, we're just sticking to graduation and we're going to get a full scope of it, like all at once. And I think we're really going to feel that cost of success that you're talking about because college dropout and late registration, like, they have arcs, they have ups and downs, but both of those albums end with Kanye like in a better place. Like even though Gone is Kanye saying like goodbye to celebrity, like he at least Kanye's the one throwing up the middle finger. Like he's ending <laughs> like on his own way, you know. Uh graduation ends a little bit like tragically. Like he ultimately loses his connection with his home and he loses his big brother. And if you think about every album after this, 808s, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Jesus. Even the life of Pablo, he released St. Pablo months after the life of Pablo as a reflection on the album, and that's a sad song. Um, even something like Violent Crimes is him kind of thinking about the future and like what his actions, like the kind of environment that would create for his daughter. Maybe not until Jesus is Keen did we actually get like a more hopeful ending. Graduation is really the start of that trend and how we see his albums like kind of always end on a downer note. And yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Like this is Kanye's being so aware of that and commenting on that. And it, 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 because of that, his albums become these cautionary tales, which is saying something we consider what his first two albums were like his first two albums were meant to, I think be a beacon of hope for a lot of people, especially the people in the black community. You know, thinking about late registration and how it starts with heard him say and how and 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 then which is a song about people who are oppressed and want to rise out of that oppressed state. And then the rest of the album is kinda kind of showing like what can happen when you rise to superstardom and like the responsibility you have in leading those people. To think about where he went from there, like that energy to this, which is like there's no joy to be found in celebrity. Like it'll tear <laughs> you and rip you apart. It'll remove you from your home. You'll lose your big brother if you're not careful. And it's so strange to think like that's where he goes with this album, which I think is a big reason why people don't 
love graduation as much as they love the first two albums and why a lot of people look at us when we're like we're crazy when we do say graduation is better but that that tragedy that's on graduation that becomes a part of like the way connie tells a story is like that's the power to me when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, we throw the word around all the time, but intercontextuality, right? The relationship between things that, you know, you can listen to Last Call as a song in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. But when you put it into context with the rest of the college dropouts, then Last Call is even more powerful because this is the same guy that was on Jesus Walks hoping for his big opportunity, right? Like this is the same guy from Spaceship waiting for his big opportunity. So Last Call suddenly becomes like in a movie, right? You don't just take the final scene without the context of the rest of the movie. Right. Otherwise you wouldn't care what was going on. It's more powerful because of where the character started and where they've gotten to. And when you look at the intercontextuality between the albums, I think it's something that if you're just looking at graduation and comparing it on its own to what's going on in late registration or college dropout, it might seem less than mm -hmm. because it is a little bit more, I think, straight, not straightforward, but there's less social tension, maybe. Mm-hmm as opposed to like late registration right you don't have that same commentary on heard him say or crack music you don't have the same commentary of all falls down so i can see people thinking that those albums are more socially aware but when you put graduation into the context of the other two albums that it's not just its own thing but a continuation right of those and that this is still the same guy from spaceship this is still <laughs> the right. same guy from Jesus Walks, this is still the same guy from Addiction and Hey Mama, it suddenly becomes the, that tragedy that you're talking about where it's even more poignant because this was the guy that was doing all the social stuff. So the fact that this album almost completely lacks any of that is, I think, uh, representative of the change in perspective and the downfall that the Kanye West character right on this album or the fictional version of himself that we followed on each album uh, has lost and is yeah. losing, which makes this really heartbreaking. It, it, the best part of all this <clears throat> is that you don't need to view Kanye's discography like we do, you know, that you don't need to recognize the intercontextuality to appreciate graduation like it's like you need to sit down and listen to college dropout then listen to late registration then listen to graduation <laughs> then you'll get it this is the best part of Kanye as a storyteller and chris and i talk about this all all the time on our film website Kanye provides inroads he really he really uh clues you in on like that loss of innocence how he is getting away from that part of himself because he incorporates the city of chicago into the entire album of graduation and 
is his first Kanye's real first instance of having a female character on an album that represents something more than just a woman or a relationship. Like she represents Kanye's very being Kanye's disconnect from himself. And I wonder is kind of the tipping point of that. So you have good morning champion stronger. That's Kanye kind of existing in this element. He's a superstar in a moment where he's very much connected with Chicago. And then I wonder is the breakup and the rest of the album there are these little glimpses of this woman that he used to know this relationship that he used to have. And you can really start to see and feel and hear how like he's lost that, how he is changing, how he's not the kid that grew up in Chicago anymore. And Connie is actively realizing that. I mean, he's the guy who wrote the album and is making the music. Like he recognizes that he's creating that experience and he's being so vulnerable and honest about that ugly part about himself. And I mean, the most tragic part is like, he can't help it. (laughs) He really is sucked in by celebrity. Like he really is changing in real time. And like, we're witnessing it. It's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that it's like going back, looking at the fact that Kanye made an album about the estrangement he had with Chicago due to his rap career and due to the success that he was having. (sighs) It's one of those things that in 2007, it feels poignant impression, but maybe not as much as it could be because it's like, oh, you know, he's still just five years removed from being like that kid from Chicago. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's 2007, like his first album came out in 2004. It's still fresh and new. It's still easy for him to go back to Chicago. You know, uh, he's not a, f- a husband with a house somewhere else, a father with a family somewhere else. He's not running like a a successful shoe line, like fashion line Mm -hmm. at that point. So you could almost at the time when this came out, view it as maybe a little hyperbolic in terms of like not being able to go home again and just the state of the relationship. But now we're 13 years, almost 14 years later and Kanye's relationship with Chicago has never been the same. I mean, he continues to shout out the city. He's continued to represent the city lyrically, but the times that we've seen him back in Chicago have been few and far between. And even in 2018, when it seemed like he was making a push to return to Chicago and said that he was never leaving and yada yada uh, he, he left, left. <laughs> yeah like, i live here he and i back. never see him yeah uh, he went back for sunday service i was there uh, for that. and did yeah did the a couple shows but that he did it by the house there he did it with his family there like he spends more <clears> time <throat> in wyoming and atlanta than chicago and even then it does feel like at this point he's kind of diving into his Atlanta roots and taking pride in the fact that he's born in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. So a little, a little, uh, sad there too, in hindsight, just to see that this, how prophetic this album ended up being. Yeah. And I will say though, that the only thing I'm apprehensive about is that it, it, this is to me what kind of happened on college dropout is that once we recognized there was a narrative like oh man like this album so much 
deeper than we thought it was. But when you compare the narrative on that album to like Jesus, it feels a little elementary and kind of straightforward. I'm a little scared that that's going to happen with graduation, that like the structure is not that the structure is all there really is, but that like it doesn't have like nearly the same depth as Jesus does, which maybe it doesn't and that's fine. But uh, I guess that's the only thing I'm, I'm kind of scared of is that like everything we've talked about in this episode, like th- that's kind of it. Like you get it. <laughs> yeah. Where, I mean, already thinking about Jesus, there's so many extra little yeah. things. We couldn't possibly cover it in an overview episode. Yeah. And just how he's bringing in historical references yeah. on Jesus is one of the most amazing things to me that Kanye's ever done. I will say, Kind of the level up for this album, I think, was using the structure of I Used to Love Her because College Dropout, Late Registration, he's not, as far as I'm aware, not borrowing structure or riffing on a narrative already where I feel like with Graduation, this is the first time we see him do that. Mm -hmm. And then with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, we see him use the wizard of oz structure for that album or the wicked references right. for that album and then for yeezus i still feel like you can i mean at the very least the heroic journey or the hero's journey structure uh but you can also make the great gatsby theory sure. as well come to life and then the life of pablo you have him basing it on paul the apostle um I almost called him Phil the Apostle, which <laughs> that's Paul's doesn't, Yeah, doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> uh, Paul the Apostle. So it is. This is the first instance I think we see of him uh, using structure or using an inspiration or a, a roadmap like that for the structure of an album, and it's something that he would go on to do a lot of in the future. Yeah. Um, I guess sampling (laughs) like he started sampling uh, narrative structures but (laughs) it is cool to see him do that here and how big that was at the time but yeah I think that you're right that (laughs) as awesome as this is going to be it's still five years difference six years difference from Jesus and uh, nine years difference from the life of Pablo and just how next level he was getting with those albums. Yeah. I will say though, I am excited to really delve into the production. Not that we're musical experts we're not at all. We're, we're more looking at the lyrics, but I do, I have made a more concerted effort to like think about the production and think about the samples and how, and just like the soundscape he's crafting. And again, with this format where we're just going straight through graduation and like, I'm going to be hearing all of this at once and thinking about all these songs together all at once. Like I think the soundscape will start to make more sense too. And, and really um, like what you were talking about with you two and the idea of being a rock star and going on a stadium tour. Like I think that element of the sound is really going to expose itself and uh, become part of the experience, listening experience for me. Like I'm really going to feel how big Kanye was because the bigger you get, the more you have to lose and the further you can fall. And I feel like I'm really going to feel that this time. Well, and that's 
such a sad thing. I was thinking about this earlier today because somebody posted on Twitter uh, a fake commercial Kanye did where you could take a pill and you became <laughs> oh, Kanye. <yeah. laughs> and that uh, the commercial always cracks me up. But it was such an innocent time for Kanye. Mm -hmm. Like he had had the George Bush doesn't care about black people controversy and was still viewed as kind of a an arrogant asshole, mm -hmm. but lovable all the same. Like Kanye was uh, a positive part, I think, for the most part of pop culture. And people didn't shy away from including him. He was like kind of that rascally younger brother that's right like people could get exasperated by but also really liked and enjoyed and just thinking about this is one of the last periods or one of the last albums where kanye was a good guy to the rest of the world right and just how strange it was to kind of exist because i think we were both in some way we weren't like level four kanye fans or anything at this point <laughs> But we both were aware of him. We had both started listening uh, to some of his music. And it's just strange to think about the world in which like Kanye was liked, not so, yeah, liked and not so <laughs> controversial. And it wasn't so difficult to be like, and not difficult to be a fan in terms of like Kanye's actions, but difficult to be a Kanye fan because of how people respond to you being a Kanye fan. Yeah. Like, it was just so easy and how nice that was. But even he knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah. And on top of that, like, yes, being liked and being respected, like you got millions of fans all over the world. But I think here's really where we start to experience Kanye's relationship with fans. Because I don't think, I don't know how much that's really the case in college dropout late registration. Like Kanye's really commenting on himself, the music industry, uh, like what celebrity does to you. I think here, like it's inherently part of the album that if it's like this kind of sound and like you're talking about going on a stadium tour and you're internationally famous, like you really start to get into your relationship with the public and your fans. And, and maybe that's, he, he's expressing that a little bit like through Chicago, like losing his connection with Chicago. Like all I can do is think about Pinocchio story on 808s. Like we're one year away from that album and Kanye feeling completely alone and like nobody understands him. In a Pinocchio story, he's he's pouring his heart and soul out to people and nobody's listening. I, I feel like there's an element of that on here. Like it may not be as explicit as it is on 808s, but I, I feel like he's he's going to start sprinkling in that, those ideas. Yeah, that is a cool point of comparison between things, right? Because it's like the only real idea of fans on College Dropout is kind of like get them high in slow mm -hmm. jams and it just more of this like house party life Kanye right. was having. Uh, but you weren't necessarily getting the fact that like Kanye had fans. It was mostly him just trying to like get people to listen to his music and to like him and then late registration it's just really roses right yeah it's the right. most that we get the sense of kanye having a fan base maybe the end of touch the sky where he's talking to people but yeah there's something more something bigger about that and something more 
dynamic about it on graduation, which again makes sense because this is now his third album. He's had more time to kind of become aware of his fan base, to grow a fan base. So the fact that it becomes a larger part of the album is in line with just his career arc to this point. Yeah. Um, and I think the, Oh, real fast. The line that, uh, jumps out to me in terms of like what you were saying Mm -hmm. is just like, wait till I get my money rights. Then you can't tell me nothing. Right. Bad. (laughs) Like that feels like such a, (laughs) such a line in terms of like where Kanye's getting to. And that year removed from 808s and where he's at in the state of his life on that and the success that he had from graduation and how major graduation was. It was his biggest album at that point and still his largest debut of an album. Yeah, I don't think he had another album that had as many sales. Damn. Uh, and like first week sales, but, um, just the idea that, you know, you're not going to be able to tell him nothing as soon as he gets his money and where that's led him. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Totally. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Can't Tell Me Nothing, what song are you most excited to cover? Because for me, it's Can't Tell Me Nothing. Because that's a song that like Kanye fans love. It it made the final four this year on our Best Kanye West Song Turn of a Deathmatch Extreme. And it's always been a song like, I mean, I, I definitely love it. Like I love any Kanye song. <laughs> but that's a song like I've never quite connected with like other people do. But the more I, I think about it and the more I think about its place in the album, like I really feel like that's the song that's going to open up to me this time through. Like I feel like it's really going to expose itself and and reveal a part of Kanye that like I feel like that song will be the kind of the breaking point and represent like what we now think of as new Kanye. Like the truly arrogant, can't tell me nothing, like I'm going to do things my way no matter what. Kanye that alienated everybody for several years. <laughs> yeah, I want to be on that same level. Like I'm with you on that. Like I'm hoping can't tell me nothing is one that uh switch flips mm-hmm. because the intro is so great. There's so many like relevance lines to everything that we've talked about. It's one of those songs that can be inspirational or aspirational while at the same time being completely tragic, Mm -hmm. which is a a great tension. I still don't know if I'm going to be able to get over the slowness of the production. Sure. And if that's just going to forever hold me back or if it's going to be something where like this cracks open, but yeah, to what you're saying about this being the most popular or one of the most beloved, uh, you can usually tell kind of the interest level in songs based on how many page views they have on yeah. genius. 
and can't tell me nothing is at 1.7 million where stronger's at 1.3 and something like drunken hot girls is at 210 (laughs) (laughs) the other son i'm most excited to talk about yeah like not ironically right totally I, i i don't know if i loved it when we last talked about it but at this point to me that's a top three graduation song and it's the most hated Kanye song, I would say. Um, I don't know if this is like the showgirls effect and I just want to love it because everyone hates it, but I do love it and I think it has depth and it's very important to this album and I can't wait to convert everybody. <laughs> um, I do think like getting away from Can't Tell Me Nothing, Champion is one I'm really excited to talk about because I don't think... I loved it then kind of like you with drunken hot girls Mm -hmm. as much as I love it now it really clicked for me maybe around when we first talked about it or after but because our analysis still wasn't as full Mm -hmm. as it is now I feel like there's a lot there that we haven't maybe dug into that's a song that I already like love that I'm going to discover all new things about and I'm most curious, though, uh, to get back into I Wonder, because yeah. I Wonder was the pivot point for us on this album and putting together that there was a narrative here. I still remember in prep when we started like figuring it out <laughs> and we were just like, oh, my goodness, is it really doing this? And going back through like Stronger Champion and just like piecing it all together and freaking out. But coming back to it after three years four years since the last time we were there no we would have gotten to it in 2016 jeez um uh, it's gonna be uh, just interesting to have more of the understanding that we have to dive into the lines and uh see what we come up with this time i i completely agree i think i wonder is going to be I, I I already love I Wonder, and a lot of my love for it is that day when we discovered the the depth and meaning behind it, because Connie had been doing narratives up through graduation, but he had not had a song like this, like this kind of turning point, like this kind of signal. It's almost like the outro of New Slaves and how it leads into that middle part of Jesus. Like, to me, it's kind of like on that level, the first signs of that. But back then, we also weren't talking about samples. And just from like uh, broad looks at the song and like in, in looking at what the samples are, like I think the samples on that song are really going to reveal a lot more depth and shit. I, I'm already walking back what I said earlier that graduation's going to be disappointing and straightforward. <laughs> it's not. Like I fully expect my mind to be blown several times. <laughs> Uh, is there any song you're not looking forward to talking about? <laughs> I I will say, as much as I love the structure of Graduation and I love that it ends tragically, Homecoming and Big Brother are still two songs I've never like loved. Like, especially Big Brother, because to me, that's a little bit more of a traditional not a traditional rap sound, but almost just more traditional storytelling. Like it really is like a, a bunch of events told chronologically. <laughs> like There's something about that that doesn't really excite me, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong and that I, there's, 
there's beauty to be found in it that I didn't see before. Yeah, that's a uh, Big Brother is definitely. I mean, and that's the most recent one that we did. Like, I'm pretty sure we did Big Brother yeah. in like 2018 or 2019, right? And I remember not coming away with anything like big, right? There wasn't some moment where I was just like, oh, what a like <laughs> breakthrough is just like, okay, this is what we thought it would be. Right. Um, and homecoming. I mean, the biggest thing is just the interpolation, but the interpolation is something that we're going to be talking about for the entire season. So. Right. Eh. Yeah. yeah, I can feel that. I, I think also uh, just on some level, I don't, love those songs just musically sonically like they're not my favorite kinds of Kanye songs so we'll see although the only thing I could think about with Big Brother that I might appreciate more is the fact that we just went through late registration and we talked about Rockefeller and like Kanye's I think I understand Kanye's relationship with Jay a lot more thinking of like never let me down and uh is archer agreeing with me or disagreeing with me <laughs> uh there's some <laughs> yard people there's a, a lawnmower going so he okay. is defending his territory i understand uh, and i assume defending my uh moment here to speak about big brother <laughs> um, yes. just thinking about those two songs and thinking about like what Jay really meant to Connie at those stages of his life when he was trying to rise up and become a leader. And then to think about where he's gone to here, like maybe the tragedy will really reveal itself a lot more and, I'll f and the lyrics will become a lot more tragic. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Not that I, not that I like to see tragedy in Kanye's life, but I'd like the album to open itself up a bit more. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the setup. Is there anything else we want to go over? I think Archer has some thoughts. <laughs> this is the most airtime he's ever gotten on our show. I know. He's usually such a good boy. <laughs> nah, that's it. We're, uh, we'll be back with Good Morning, and it'll be an adventure. Yeah, and we will record that episode. In the morning, as soon as we wake up, that's how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems right. Going to roll out of bed and there's going to be a microphone sitting in front of you and we're just going to go. <laughs> well, hello, Travis. Good morning. <laughs> and I'll say good afternoon. Ah, uh, perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, this is good. I'm excited about this. Are you excited? Uh, yes. I was talking to Archer. Oh, Archer, what do you think? <laughs> Whoa, give me the cold shoulder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, oh, there he is. Oh, is the episode ending? Oh, I'll stop barking. Then. <laughs> All right, then. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time, Are you stay saying, You're saying And keep it looping. it's happening daily 
We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com